the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. We've been talking about the book of Proverbs, God's book of wisdom. And in addition to wisdom, within this wonderful part of Scripture are warnings as well. And we'll look at some of those when we get into Proverbs chapter 5 today. If you're at a place where you can get a copy of the Bible, turn with us. Bert Harper, Alex McFarland here. We'll follow along together, and we'll continue being taught by this wonderful part of Scripture called the book of Proverbs. Bert, I am really enjoying this, aren't you? I am as well, Alex, and I appreciate people letting us know. We've heard from people saying really enjoying Proverbs, and they want to know if it's Tate. Well, this you can always go out back on the podcast, AFR.net podcast, and find that. But if you wanted to listen to it, we did this earlier uh, when we were doing it, and it's called Unleashing the Wisdom of God. And people can go to afastore.net, afastore.net, and they can order that, and we'll get it to them, Unleashing the Wisdom of God. and uh, But we're doing it a little bit differently. That was more of an overview, and we're taking a little bit more time on our journey through Proverbs this time, and we hope people are enjoying it. And Alex, again, I, I, I'm, I'll probably do it again and again. But imagine yourself walking along and your older, your dad, uh, your mentor, uh, especially your dad, is sharing with you things he knows and has learned from God and is sharing it with you. Because over and over again, you'll hear it said, my son. Then you'll hear yeah. my children. Again and again, you'll hear that. So imagine a conversation between you and a godly, godly dad. And I think you'll appreciate yeah. the advice that is given here. And like you said, Alex, the warnings that are given here. Well, you know, a good teacher or a good mentor um, is forceful but gentle. And, you know, Bert, I'm from the South, and growing up, many, my baseball coach, uh, some of my uh, coaches in high school, and, the, you know, the, the, I've had many a, a a godly man and people that were trying to, you know, help us grow up, they'd say, son, do it this way, you know. Yep. Now, my dad would say that, but um, there was a time, and I think it comes out of the Bible like it says here in, in Proverbs 5, my son, pay attention to my wisdom and lend your ear to my understanding that you may preserve discretion and your lips may keep knowledge. Now, discretion is a word that pops up, and it, it really means sound judgment. And you've heard of somebody saying, you know, okay, be discreet. Um, don't, don't blab everything you know. Be discreet. Well, discretion is uh, to live and think and act and speak wisely. And so, I don't know, Bert, whenever I see over and over my son, uh, young man, come, it just reminds me of the good people from where I grew up that were trying to help the young people grow up, and I was one of the beneficiaries of those people. I'm, I, I'm in your footsteps of having that in my life as well, and I appreciate it so much. But, Alex, I want to show you, uh, uh, share this. I think you probably know it. You're the ones that usually gives the numbers. But the word mouth and lips are used so many times in the book of Proverbs, 
And it goes back to the old, the old saying, God's given us two ears and one mouth for a reason. And yeah. uh, you better watch what comes out. You better think before you speak. And uh, notice what it says about the immoral woman in verse 3. The lips of an immoral woman drip honey, and her mouth is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lay hold to hell. Now, Alex, what you have, when you see this word immoral woman or strange woman, the King James, you understand, yes, it's talking about a woman that would lead you astray. But also in the book of Proverbs, and I don't think it's just that, it's folly in place of wisdom. In other words, going in the wrong direction with the wrong teaching. How many times have we seen that? What is the stats now? Uh, young people get out of out of high school, they're following the Lord, and then they go to college, and something like 80% of them yeah. turn away at some time before they come back. Hopefully they come back. But, yeah. Alex, uh, you better be careful being led in the wrong direction by people or by philosophy. You better be careful, um, hadn't you? Yeah, and, and that's why I want to say to everybody here, and, and we'll get back to Proverbs 5, Purpose in your heart. Make that decision that you. And this is like First uh, Peter three fifteen. Set apart Christ as Lord in your heart, and say, "I will believe God and His Word." Now, I often say this. It's been my privilege to travel throughout America and much of the world, and seventy two sites in the Holy Land I have visited. And uh, I will tell you, I I believe everything in the Bible, and. Uh, all the research I've ever done has only confirmed and, and reconfirmed the decision I made. And, Bert, I'm going to tell you, when I was 21, I was a college student, and I had all kind of professors that were skeptics. But, you know, I, I remember I thought in my heart, I thought, I don't care what anybody says, I believe the Bible, and I'm going to believe it. Now, 35 years of life and hundreds of hours of research— have validated that decision. But I want to say to everybody, whether you ever research or whatever, choose to believe God. Just make that decision. Say, you know what? Um, The world can say what it wants. I will believe God. Jesus believed the Scripture was infallible. He said the Scripture cannot be broken. And so, Bert, um, it, it always pays dividend to take God at his word. But for a second, let me let me digress here. Talking about the words of the immoral woman drip like honey, and her mouth is smoother than oil, but her pathway leads down to the grave. The Bible says so much about words and our mouth. You know, and later on in Proverbs twenty one thirty three, where twenty one twenty three, it says, "Whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue will keep his soul from troubles." I'm going to tell you. Many a many a word spoken in a cavalier way has gotten people in trouble, hasn't it? It is, and we need to be very careful about our speech. Uh, it just is important, and I, I would say the tone. And I know I'm loud and boisterous, Alex, and it comes across on the radio sometimes. And when I'm preaching, uh, passion—it's wonderful. But the we need to understand that we are passionate and compassionate. We can have both. We can be passionate about somebody saying, 
Jesus is the only way. But in compassion, we say, won't you come and go the way of Christ? And so it's all. Verse 7 introduces this, and we had a call yesterday about why it talks about so much about the immoral woman, and it talks about my son. But again, yesterday I shared it, and I'm doing it again today. Uh, it's a collective term, whether it's a male or female. Listen to your father and your mother. But verse 7, therefore hear me now, my children, and do not depart from the words of my mouth. Uh, Alex, again, uh, this is wisdom for the son. Yes, it's wisdom for the daughter as well as they can be led astray. And so this is the whole idea. Again, verse chapter 5 has a lot to do with adultery. And again, it can be said about folly or wrong philosophy, but it's directly about adultery. Notice what it says, and again, we can't go verse by verse through these or we would be here three months, but look at verse 15. Drink, and I underline this, drink water from your own cistern and running water from your own well. Now, Alex, this is talking about faithfulness. This uh, is yeah. a very beautiful word picture about a man and a woman for life. Sex outside of marriage is sin. And uh, before marriage, uh, during marriage, and, and just say this is wrong. And so the, the proverb, uh, writer of Proverbs said, drink water from your own cistern. Uh, you know, Alex, uh, if you drink water from another source, and as you, as you read that, it talks about streams of water in the streets. Man, that's filth. That's gutter. You catch what I'm saying? Yeah. When yeah. you have sexual relationship inside of marriage with uh, the husband and wife, it is beautiful. It's clear water. When you take sex outside the bounds of marriage, it's like gutter water. Now, that's some mm. kind of contrast, isn't it? Yeah, and, you know, how the world has continually told the lie that, okay, this is, you know, going to be glamorous, and this you'll be fulfilled, and, oh, my goodness. Uh, that's what sin does, though, is brings people down. And to fall for the temptations of sin, whether it be materialism or immoral temptation um satan is always about i mean you remember he is always about destroying lives and testimonies and there's this tie between your earnings falling into the hands of another lest your, your uh, aliens take your wealth and all of your labors go to the house of a foreigner and you mourn at last when your flesh and body are consumed uh you know there's really if i can go back to verse 12 just this, um, you know, really despondency. How, and you'll say, how I hated instruction, and my heart despised correction. Bert, I'm going to tell you, uh, lamenting a bad decision, whether it was, you know, thinking you could drive and make it to the next gas station, and you sit by the side of the road, you've run out of gas, and you say, man, I blew it. I should have, you know, or the person here who loses everything over yielding to the overtures of the immoral woman, um, you don't have to do that. Choose God's path. Choose the right path. And uh, Bert, self-restraint, I think that's one of the things that we learn out of Proverbs here. But uh, drinking water from your own cistern, that's a very picturesque way of talking, as you said. Faithfulness within marriage is such a beautiful thing. Now look at verse 21. For the ways of a man are before the eyes of the Lord, 
and he ponders all of his paths. See, God sees, doesn't he? I mean, that thing that we... It's been said that secret sin on earth is open scandal in heaven. Have you ever heard that, Bert? I have, yes. The ways of a man. If, if you got no other verse out of today's program, folks, Proverbs 5.21, the ways of a man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he ponders all of his paths. You know, I, Angie and I pray this a lot together, and maybe maybe this prayer resonates with your heart. Say, Lord... May my ways be pleasing in your sight. Amen. Amen, Alex. I want to go back to verse 18, and if there's someone who's listening and they're contemplating uh, a, a, an affair with someone, they've been enamored by somebody at their job, or, you know, they've, it, they, it looks better than what you have at home, listen to what it says in verse 18. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of your youth. Mm. As as best I can, Jan and I, we do marriage conferences and we share with people, but I just want to tell you, 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 you worked at dating, work at marriage. Keep on winning them as you try. I mean, when I saw Jan, I wanted to, honestly, I wanted to impress her. I wanted to put my best foot forward. Don't ever grow weary of that as a husband toward your wife and your wife toward your husband. Yes, there'll be difficult times, but rejoice in the wife of your youth. Uh, God Mm -hmm. desires that. There are those that step out of the bounds. So the marriage that you're in right now, rejoice in it and work on it and make it pleasing to the Lord. This is Bert and Alex, and we're doing... Proverbs on Exploring the Word. We'll be back right after this break. This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for Carlos del Toro, United States Secretary of the Navy. He's the CEO of the Department of the Navy. Psalm 139 verses 9 and 10 reminds us that God is with us in every corner of the earth and across the great seas. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. Right now with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Carlos del Toro in his work as Secretary of the Navy. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. Some believe that rich people can't be real Christians. Others believe that if you're a real Christian, you're guaranteed to be rich. But Dr. Tony Evans says both groups are missing the point. We'll find out why as we spend two minutes with Tony. Psalm 62, verse 10 says, if God allows you to be rich, don't set your heart on it. Don't make the accumulation of stuff your identity. Now, he's not condemning riches. We have statements in the Bible where God actually made people rich. But having stuff doesn't make you any better at living life than having children automatically makes you a good parent. In fact, when we had less, we were more dependent. When you get more, you become more independent, even in the church. We have whole theologies that 
are creating evil mindsets in Christians through an illegitimate prosperity theology. And you hear it all the time, I'm, I'm coming for my blessing. Now, is that wrong? Absolutely not. It's not wrong to want to be blessed. It's wrong to only want to be blessed. Because every time you say, I'm coming for my blessing, you should also be saying, and I'm also coming to be a blessing. See, but you don't hear that other, you don't hear often that other one tacked on. It's I'm coming to be blessed. Every time you ask God to do something for you, you should ask him to show you how he can do something through you with what he did for you so it can be a benefit from you to somebody other than you. Learn to see what you have through the lens of who you are. Check out Tony's CD series, Divine Reset, available online at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 1 Peter 1.3 American Family Radio Now, back to the Bible study. You're listening to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. It's about the cross. It's about my sin. It's about how Jesus came to be born once so that we could be born again. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Uh, Alex and I have told you, the book of Proverbs handles life. Uh, we're talking about relationships, we're talking about marriage, we're talking about finance, uh, we're talking about work ethic, so many things that there. But it also, as Alex said, gives warnings. And in chapter 6, it is a volume of information concerning laziness, concerning finance, about, again, marriage. And But verse 16 through 19 is some of the most important per, uh, passages in the book of Proverbs, and I want to read those. Now, Alex, you will probably want to go before that, but I thought this would be a good way of bringing us in for chapter uh, 6 because it kind of includes all the things that's included in chapter 6. I would say yes in the whole book of Proverbs. Listen, these six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him, and now the list begins. A proud look, a lion tongue, hands mm. that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among brethren. Now, Alex, these are six things God hates. You ever heard Sin is sin, no matter where it falls on any person's scale. Sin and still separates us from God. But there seems to be some sins that God just hates beyond measure. Now, he hates all sin, but some are just so harmful to the individual and to those around them. You know, sin does, people say, oh, it's a personal sin. It's a sin just to yourself. No, sin is like throwing that pebble into the water and you see the waves go out from that and it never sets. So a proud look, a lion tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, 
and one who sows discord among the brethren. Let me say one more thing, and I'll throw it over to you, Alex. Three of those have to do with your speech. A lying tongue, and then a false witness who speaks lies, and then the one who sows discord among brethren. No wonder James said the tongue is an unruly a, member, brother. <laughs> oh, I know. A fire, you yes. know? Yes. And so you're right that um, our words can condemn us or exonerate us. And so Proverbs has a lot to say about that. The whole Word of God says a lot to say about it because, you know, the Bible says God desires truth in the inward parts. What comes out of our mouth is an absolute reflection of what's going on on the inside of us. And, you know, the, these literary devices that are in here, um, a lot of people think that the way this is written, you know, um, six things the Lord hates, yea, seven are an abomination to him. Maybe the, the Lord gave it this way because people found it easier to memorize it like that, back, you know, before they had the Bible, like we're so blessed to have the printed page right before us. But uh, Proverbs 5 closes out and says, you know, um, that a man's own iniquities entrap him. The, the wicked man is entrapped by his iniquities. He's caught in the cords of his sin. He shall die for lack of instruction, and in the greatness of his folly he shall go astray. You know, you can be great in a lot of ways. You can be great as in beneficial, but you could be great in folly. And uh, the, the Word of God can help you prevent that. Uh, the cords of sin, verse 22. Bert, the implication of that word is like something a prisoner would be, you know, handcuffs or shackles around your feet. Isn't it something that the chains uh, around our feet and hands, we often forge with our own words and decisions? We do. And Alex, in that it starts out like it's pleasure, and it usually does. But, and we say, well, how harm could this do? But what Solomon does in these verses is show us the end of that pleasure, that pleasure that God gave at whatever it is, folly, wrong information, adultery, fornication, all of those, oh, it seems so right. Oh, she, she understands. He he treats me like I need to be treated. It starts good, but the end, and you're exactly right, his own iniquities entrap the wicked man. You're entrapped by that which caused you pleasure to begin with. Uh, and and it, you remember the same thing is said about the use of alcohol. It, it goes down yeah. easy, but at the end, it bites us like a serpent and an adder, Alex. And so yes. here you find the same thing, truth, uh, with adultery, fornication, uh, immorality. Uh, that, the, would the good word say it consumes us? I mean, if we let yeah. it go, it consumes us? Uh, yeah, a absolutely. It, it can, and... Uh, yeah, let's transition into chapter 6, and I want to talk about a word here for a little bit, um, because, Bert, you don't hear so much about this anymore, but do you remember there was a day when people would sign somebody's note? You right. know, we're talking about uh, usury, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Now, um, hey, banking is a legitimate business, and uh, debt 
isn't necessarily a bad thing. Uh, not to get off track here, and uh, one of the best people you could ever listen to regarding money and stewardship is a man named Dan Celia. Uh, brilliant and godly. Um, if you're going into debt to buy something like, you know, just some object, that's one thing. But if you go into debt to buy an asset, like a house, uh, or even a car can be an asset if it takes you to work and something like that, debt is not necessarily a bad thing. But there was a day when people would uh, be surety for somebody in a debt, and um, goodness, that's really putting you and your family at risk. Now, Proverbs 6 says, My son, if you become surety for your friend, if you have shaken hands in a pledge for a stranger, you are snared by the words of your mouth. Now, the word surety, it's interesting here. It's the word Arab, A-R-A-B, Arab. And it means, very fascinating word, and not to disparage all of the Arabic peoples because many are Christian, many are not. But the word Arab, A-R-A-B, really means intermingled risk. That's what that means. So now here's the thing. Uh, you need to be careful who you vouch for, but you ought to be somebody that others could vouch for. But, Bert, uh, I don't hear this as much as I used to, maybe even like 25 years ago. Used to be men would strike a deal with their buddies, and then their family would find out about it, and it would be uh, a bad thing. Regarding your finances, folks, number one is the Lord because it's all God's. But then, and I'm saying to the men here, provide for your families. Yeah. Provide for your families. Again, this is a son. Notice how many times. Verse 1, my son. Verse 3, my son. Again, the advice that is given. Deuteronomy 6, as a father walks along, share these truths with their children. And he's doing it here. And again, he's done it in relationships, especially with immoral women, uh, immoral thoughts, a wrong philosophy, and now he's doing it here with a finance, teaching children to be financially responsible. Again, the whole idea. But he doesn't stop there. In verse 6, he goes to the very idea of work. And notice it says, and its whole idea of not being lazy, go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider yeah. her ways and be wise, which having no captain, overseer, or ruler, provides her supplies in the summer, and gathers her food in the harvest. Here is a word picture. The ant, I, I, I'm always, I remember this as a child, Alex, being raised on the farm as you were out in the fields, and ever so often I would see an ant, uh, you know, bed, not fire ants in our day. We didn't have them. They came in later. Now we have them. You better be careful with them. Just, just watching an ant and seeing them go and seeing them work, and it's amazing how much they do work. And this, the Solomon says, having no captain, overseer, or ruler, they provide in the summer and they have it for the rest of the year. And then he contrasts that. How long will you slumber, O sluggard, when you rise up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall your poverty come on you like a robber and you need like and your need like an armed man. He is striking a, a 
blow against laziness. And that would be letting others provide for you when you can provide for yourself. Uh, we're talking about government. We're talking about community. We're talking about church. You remember what it says about in the New Testament about those that are widows, and it uses the, the word widows indeed. Yes. And, yes. you know, there are widows that, yeah, they need our help in many ways. They they need some some relationships. They need some, some time spent with them. But financially, they may not need that. And so here it is, provide for yourself. Alex, this is a strong work ethic that he's uh, putting forth here, isn't it? Well, it is. I mentioned on Monday how that verse really arrested my attention when I was little. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands, and poverty will come on you like a thief. Um, you know, these are vivid vivid words, and they stick with you your, your whole life. Um, earlier in Proverbs 6, it talked about being diligent like a gazelle running from a hunter. And, you know, I've heard so many successful people say, you know, um, it's not luck. I found out the harder I work, the luckier I seem to get. I don't believe in luck. I do believe in the providence of God. And let me say, um, we, we've repeated this many times, and I've heard it from a number of great godly people. Bert, I, just shortly before Thanksgiving, I did a funeral of a dear brother, Ronnie Staley. He always said, he said, uh, live right, work hard, say your prayers, and God will take care of you. Amen. You trust God. No, ma no matter where, how, or why, you trust the Lord. I, I did a funeral today earlier, Alex, for a, did you? a, yeah, for a member of the church where I pastored for close to 30 years, and just a good, godly woman. But over in, I, I use Psalm 37, and it talks about trust in the Lord. You know, there's not a time, no place, no circumstances, the good, the bad, the crooked, the straight, the ups and downs, the smooth. You trust in God. And this is what we're talking about. You you do your work, just like your friend said, you, you do your work. You, you do what's right and trust God. He'll bring it to pass. It may not be easy. And let me just share with you, the momentary discomfort of doing what is right will probably hearken on you sometime. But yeah. in the long run, it will be right. You know? Mm -hmm. and, and, we're, and, and we're kind of too short-term looking at things. We need to look long-term, don't we? Well, we, we really do. And, you know, it talks about um, in verse 12 of chapter 6, a, a worthless person who winks with his eye. In other words, you know, kind of cutting a deal on the side, you know, winking, uh, but being dishonest. And it goes on and it talks about that all of these actions and these dishonesties will uh, implode on him just instantaneously, almost like a thief. Uh, but then it comes back again in verse 24 of chapter 6 to keep away from the evil woman, the immoral woman, from the flattering tongue of the seductress. You know, they say flattery is like chewing gum. I mean, it tastes good for a minute, but don't swallow it. Uh, <laughs> That's it, good, Alex. I had not heard that, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do not lust after her beauty in your heart, nor let her allure uh, you with her eyelids, for by means of a harlot a man is reduced to a crust of bread, and an adulteress will prey upon his precious life. Here's a great rhetorical question. Now, 
A rhetorical question is one in which the answer is obvious. And Paul, maybe Paul was influenced by Proverbs because Paul asks many rhetorical questions. But verse 27, can a man take fire into his bosom and his clothes not be burned? And the answer is no, you can't. I mean, imagine getting a, out of the fireplace a scoop of hot coals and put it in your coat pocket. You're going to get burned. Can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be seared? Verse 29, so is he who goes in to his neighbor's wife. Whoever touches her shall not be innocent. Bert, uh, if I'm reading all this correctly, sin has consequences. It really does, Alex. And I, I want to go back to one verse as we wrap this up that I, I really do believe it puts this conversation that Solomon was having concerning marriage and relationships, what adultery costs, and then about uh, treating one another with financial responsibility yourself and not being lazy. And that's in verse 23 of chapter 6. It kind of sums it up. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light. Reproofs and instructions are the way of life. Now, Alex, again, this walking in truth leads to more light. We've talked about that. If you walk in the light, you receive more light. But if you Amen. walk in darkness, yeah. guess what? Darkness will consume you. So yeah. walk in light concerning your finances. Walk in light concerning your work ethic. Work, uh, walk in light concerning your marriage, your relationship, and follow the Lord. That is the commandment. Hey, Alex, it's time that we take calls in the next segment. And that number is 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. Alex and I would love to hear from you today. So Hannah, she's just one of the women who did struggle with infertility in the Bible. Hannah's Heart with Ann Cockrell and Kendra White. Hannah took her pain to God and God heard her and was with her. Hannah's Heart helps couples process infertility and miscarriage through a biblical lens. Join us Saturday afternoon at 5 Central on American Family Radio. Find the podcast at AFR.net. This is Frank Effney, host of Secure Freedom Radio. It's your personal daily intelligence briefing about the challenges we face, how they're likely to affect you, and what we can do about them. You can find Secure Freedom Radio here every weeknight at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Tune in to learn from our extraordinary experts what you need to know and will want to share. Join us for Secure Freedom Radio tonight at 11 Eastern, right here on AFR. Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Many who oppose Christianity target their hostility on our foundation, the Bible. They say it's unreliable because Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 are contradictory accounts of the creation story. In actuality, the two chapters are complementary and not contradictory. When Jesus was asked about marriage, he quoted from both chapters 1 and 2 in saying that he made them both to be male and female in the beginning. And for this cause shall a man leave his mother and father and cleave unto his wife. Genesis 1 is an overview of the creation story. Genesis 2 is an up-close examination of day 6. If Jesus relies on them both, so can we. 
Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with a minute in God's Word to help you keep moving forward. The Bible says, do not be anxious for anything, but instead, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. I confess, sometimes I struggle with worry. Sometimes I try to justify my worry as a weakness, but God's Word says that worry in my life isn't just weakness. Worry is disobedience because Jesus has commanded me not to worry. I'm glad that Jesus paid the price for my worry when he died on the cross, and his resurrection empowers me to overcome worry in my life. When you walk by faith, Jesus will give you the power to conquer worry in your life. He always gives grace and power to help us obey what he commands and to keep moving forward. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 8.30 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. We've got lines open, so make that call right now. You've been wanting to call. Today would be a great day for you to get through. 888-589-8840. But we're so glad that Leah from Arkansas has called, and we go to her. Leah, welcome to Exploring the Word. Hello. It's good to hear from you. How's things in Arkansas? Well, they're good. Well, amen. Love to hear that. (laughs) And I'm doing well, too. I have tried to call before many times and never even gotten an answer. And then I just picked up the phone and called and immediately reach someone who just put me through to you. I can't believe it, so it must be meant to be. Amen. It sounds like it, Leo. We're glad to hear from you. Thank you for your persistence. You got a question for us today? Uh, I do, and it's probably a dumb question, but it's something that has bothered me for a long time. Um, I was saved and baptized in a Baptist church when I was six, and I won't go into, you know, all the things that happened to me that probably contributed to my religious delinquency, but I went to, um, I went to college freshman year at University of Arkansas, and can you believe in 1978, I, they were already influencing people to not believe in God. And I was struggling with that. I had not lived a godly life. I've done a lot of bad things in my life in the past, but I was struggling with that and my with my faith. And I was in the car on my way home to vi- to visit my parents one day, and I heard this. I was listening to a radio program, which no one. I have ever met has heard anything about maybe it was just for me but it was they were saying that science you know prominent scientists in the in the world had gotten together to figure out if there 
was a god. And they concluded that if there was a god, you would be in big trouble if you hadn't believed it. And I know that sounds silly, but I heard that. And it, it just made me decide I've got to settle my mind. I've got to make a decision right now. And I decided I'm going to believe in God. I'm going to believe in Jesus from now on, regardless. Well, I told this to people in my life group five or six years ago. And they said that was a terrible testimony. That, that I should not have had to um, make a decision based on that. And that's bothered me for a long time. Oh, Leah, let me tell you, different ways. Uh, Paul was, I, I want to throw this out, Alex, and you respond uh, more directly if you would. But, you know, there were some preachers in Paul's day that was preaching the gospel for wrong intent. And he said, but I praise God that the gospel's being preached, you know? And yes, intent is important. But Leah, listen, those scientists, they concluded that there was a God, and if there was one, you'd be accountable to him. Uh, the only only thing that I'd say is wrong with that is there is a God. You, it, they shouldn't use the word if. <laughs> he is. And, uh, and Alex... Uh, I, I don't know exactly why they was saying, Leah, that's not a good one. I, hey, that, that brings us to Christ. I praise God for it, Alex. Amen. You know, um, don't you be ashamed at all of your testimony. Um, it is true, from the late 60s to the late 70s, there were several meetings of scientists, and they would talk about the future and there was a, a, a book and a movie called Future Shock by Alvin Toffler. Uh, Bert, do you remember I that? I do. I remember Future Shock, yes. I actually interviewed a dear man. He was um, originally from Switzerland, and um, he lives in Colorado now. He's quite elderly, but he was at one of these meetings in the 1960s, and he told me about many prominent scientists and— um, how they were talking about computers and the ways computers would influence the future. And he said that, you know, scientists were saying there must be a God because the computer couldn't build itself, the software couldn't write itself, and so there has to be a programmer. And in a similar way, all of this creation had to have a creator. Now, one of the people that reported on a lot of these meetings were scientists said there must be a God, was Warren Wiersbe. Bird, I know you'll remember that name. Sure a very, do. very credible guy. My twofold point is this. A, these kinds of meetings did exist, and the scientific community did talk about God and the ultimate questions. And if that's what the Lord used to prompt you to come under conviction and, and to get right with Christ, I don't think there's anything at all wrong with that testimony. Do you, Bert? Not at all. You know the program that I do on the weekend, Exploring Missions, my son, with my son Nathan, he worked with so many, especially 
uh, Muslims or leading to the Lord. And many times they would have dreams. They didn't know what the dreams. And then when someone would witness to them and tell them about Jesus, they'd say, oh, that's who I've been dreaming about. And they would accept Christ. Many times we've heard that story. And so God, God is able to use scientists in that report to bring Leah to, to back to the Lord. We just say, thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Leah, for your call today. Let's go to Ohio and talk to Michelle. Michelle, welcome. Hi, how are you today? Doing really well. Um, I have a, a question. I am I'm kind of a little bit like the other lady. I've got quite, quite the past, been in and out of church, and I have been from the Bible Belt in my younger years. And I have moved 20-some years ago, and I find it very hard to get into a church and get get anything out of it. So I listen to you guys every day on my way to work, every day on my way home, and I come and go a couple times a day. And I get so much, and I appreciate you guys more than you'll ever know. Mm. But I was wondering, is it is it acceptable? I mean, if if you don't get a lot out of a church that you go to, and I do feel, and I'm not quite sure about this, but sometimes when you go to church, I feel more like it's a social event instead of about Christ. Well, Michelle, thank you for listening. Thank you for letting us be a part of your journey uh, to uh, back and forth. Let me just share this. You said what you didn't get out of it, and I'm, I'm just saying this. Let me just share it. Somebody might get something out of you being there. Just know that. We, we're, we're called, after we're saved, we're called to serve. You might be surprised what others might get from you by you being there. And listen, I, I've talked to a lot of people that said they just don't like to go to church anymore. They don't preach this, the, the songs they sing. I've heard it. But I want to just tell you, uh, sometimes you go for what, not what you can get, but God can use you. Uh, uh, Michelle, I, I believe I've heard you, and I hear a good spirit in you. I believe you have a lot to give, and I pray that God would use that in a church somewhere. Alex, go ahead. Well, and you know what? Um, people go to the gym, and oftentimes at you know places where you can work out, there's an entry level to get you back into the full-time routine of working out, and you, you do some uh, soft warm-ups before the heavy, hard workout. And, you know, maybe maybe exploring the Word is like that. People, we hear it a lot, people that have been out of church, and they start listening to exploring the Word, and they get back into the Bible, and they get back in, because very, like Bert says, very often at church, it's wonderful and it ministers to us. And then other times, we, we have to go out of out of discipline, and, and not to be served, but to serve, and so if, if exploring the Word is the soft warm-up to get you back into the discipleship of church, well, praise God for that. And, and Bert, I know, I get it, man. There's sometimes that uh, you go and it's glorious and you're fed, and sometimes it's not. But following the Lord and being a part of a local body of believers, it is the right thing to do. And ultimately, even if you don't feel like you got blessed— I can promise you being there was a blessing to somebody. Michelle, thank you for your call. We're, we pray for you. God leads you to a church that will feed you on the Word of God. 
We pray in that for everybody that listens. Feed upon the Word of God yourself and in a church. Thank you so much. Let's go to your state of North Carolina, Alex, and talk to Audrey. Welcome, Audrey. Oh, hello? Yes, make sure your radio's off. Okay, um, I'll turn it down. It's turned down. Tell me when. Just go ahead. Right now? Yeah, go ahead. You're good. Okay. All right. Hello? Yeah. Hi, I'm Audrey from North Carolina, and I love listening to y'all all the time. And um, here's my question. If we're talking religious, which which is what I like about the station. All right. So on the one hand, you've got uh, – it, it, and I'll be paraphrasing, but it does say that, like, the right hand shouldn't know what the left hand is doing, as in um, – you should go and you should do and be a good person and do good works and things for others, but but not to for the benefit of mankind to see you. Because if you do it and stand in the court and tell everybody what good you're doing, then there you have your reward. And so do all good things in secretly. But on the flip side... You shouldn't, it says, who would put a candle under a basket? Uh, who would hide the light in a bushel? So, uh, and you, if you had God's glory working within, do you shine it a light to let everyone know that God is good and doing these things? Amen. Or well, go you, Audrey, uh, I, we got it. We understand uh, what you're saying. Listen, the Bible says they will see your good works. Uh, without you sharing, without you telling, they will see. They're looking. I, I just tell you, Audrey, the people uh, that observe you, you start doing good, you start doing that which is right, people will notice. And with the right attitude, they'll see your good works and glorify your Father. Uh, you, don't have to, you don't have to let it be known. It will be seen. Alex, how would, what would you say to Audrey? Well, you're right. Um, you don't uh, shout out, oh, look at me, look, uh, aren't I a good person, you know, because that is your reward if you're doing it just for ego or, or you know, vainglory. But when it says that let your light shine before men and, and it will honor your Father in heaven, Bert, I, I think when we're living the Christian life with just a pure heart for God's glory alone, that is its own witness, you know? We're not doing it for any accolades or anything like that, but Psalm 115, verse 1, Not unto us, O Lord, give glory. Not unto us give glory, but unto thy name give glory for the sake of the truth. We're doing it, and all Christians should do it, because it is true and because it's for the glory of the Lord who gave his life to save us. Uh, I would say this, Audrey. It's for an audience of one. God notice and God sees, and you do it as unto the Lord. That's what you do, and let the others see it. Let them say it, whatever they may do, but do it as unto the Lord. Let's go to Tennessee and talk to Johnny. Johnny, welcome. Hi, hi. I'll try not to keep you long. Uh, I am 77, and I have a friend that recently had become reacquainted with just from high school days and he was always a very good friend to my sister and her husband who have passed so we struck up a conversation just by phone he's housebound with a taxier 
And when we had a conversation the other day, I said something about God's Word. I don't know what it was. It's going to come around. If anybody talks to me for any length of time, it's going to come up. And uh, Amen. And uh, I, I knew my sister loved him so dearly and prayed for him, but I never realized that he doesn't even believe the Bible is the Word of God. Okay. And he... Yeah. So tell me, how did, first of all, I've, I'm a prayer, have been a prayer for many, many years, but I don't know how to pray for him other than to call his name before the Lord. Amen, Johnny. Well, we, we want everybody right now, write down Johnny, J-O-N-N-I-E, friend, and be praying for him the next 24 hours. I got it down. Pray for him. But, Johnny, the Word of God is the Word of God, whether anyone believes it or not. It's just like a sword. A sword is a sword, whether a person believes it or not. The Word of God will go forth, and it will accomplish. Don't be afraid to keep bringing the Word of God. You don't have to say. It's found in James chapter 2. Just use James chapter 2. A lot of times they don't even know you're using the Bible, and they'll hear the truth, and they'll respond. If you tell them it's in the Bible, they oh, that's not true. But it is true. Alex, help Johnny out. Don't have about a, two minutes left. Well, let, let me say the Bible is the Word of God, and in fact, Jesus, the only man that ever rose from the grave, affirmed that in numerous places. So the reason, there are many reasons, but I believe the Bible is the Word of God because Christ said so. But there have been fulfilled prophecies, archaeology, so many things for 2,000 years have validated and proven the accuracy of the Bible. Go to our book, and you can find it anywhere online, Bookstores, 100 Bible Questions and Answers, published by Broad Street, just came out about three months ago. We've got a lot in there about defending the authenticity of the Bible. And we thank you for calling. We didn't get to Gary today or Todd. Todd, we would have loved to talk to you guys, so remember that and be able to call back. But we want to thank you all for listening. And be sure and read the book of Proverbs at least yeah. one a day. But right now, during the month of January, we're saying, hey, how about two a day and keep up with us. So thank you so much for listening to Exploring the Word. And we pray that God would bless you. But more than anything, we want you to tell someone about Exploring the Word in AFR. But more importantly, tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.